0: information contained in this podcast is an expression of opinion and does not constitute investment advice this is the gold money foundation podcast with dominic frisbee keeping you up to date with expert opinion on precious metals and the markets Hello, I'm Dominic Frisby, and welcome to the Gold Money Foundation podcast, hosted in association with Frisby's Bulls and Bears. Charts are in many ways a modern art form. They can tell all sorts of wonderful stories with clarity and simplicity. Nick Laird runs the website sharelinks.com. That's S-H-A-R-E-L-Y-N-X dot com. And that is a treasure chest of some of the most brilliant charts you will ever see. Nick has been hidden away in a remote part of Australia since gold was at $250 in 1999, and he has been watching and charting this great global economic unraveling. I think I'm right in saying, Nick, that this is your first ever interview. So thank you very much for coming out of your bunker and and onto this show. Hello, Nick.
1: Hello, Dominic, and thanks
0: for the invitation. It, it's it's a real pleasure. We've corresponded many times over the years by email, and you've sent me some wonderful charts which I've used in my articles. So it's it really is a great pleasure to, to finally be talking to you. Now, many people who, who compile charts and, and have a have shown some insight in, in, into this gold bull market. They might have a background as a as a mathematician or an analyst, but your background is rather different. You were a fisherman.
1: Yeah, uh, I spent 15, 20 years as a fisherman at catching corns in the Gulf of Carpentaria at the top of Australia. Then in uh, 1994, uh, I broke my back and gave up fishing. Up until then, I was a master fisherman, and I was one of the very first to get a GPS and started to learn how to plot charts using GPSs and with high accuracy and uh, brilliant performance in fishing. And uh, by the time I stopped fishing in '94, most of the industry was using my charts, and I had a reputation as a master chartist. It didn't take long after that, uh, after sitting at home and with a broken back and my eyes turned to f- the financial world, and specifically gold, and uh, I used to trade a lot of gold juniors and stocks, and uh, I started developing, charting, and collecting historical data. Over the last 15, 18 years, I've collected phenomenal amounts of historical data, and Now I spend my days uh, adding data to my website and plotting more and more arcane charts. And that's how it started and it's sort of grown to where where we are now.
0: Well, I mean, let's, why don't we discuss, you know, where we are now in this, in the great global unravelling, in in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, according to your charts.
1: Okay, uh, I'm a very firm believer in the long wave. Is established by convictive and that there's a business cycle that goes from a, a low up to a high and then at the end of the winter uh, you have the cleansing which sloughs off all the old debt and the bad business and realigns the economy for the next long wave and that currently we're in the last stages right at the end game the beginning of the end game partially through the end game uh, where there's 50, 60 years of history behind us and we're now in the last one or two years of the cleansing of the slotting off the bad debt and uh, bad business follies that have been established. Uh, Same with morals and we've all heard the adages of the skirts, the height of the skirts on Wall Street. So here we are in the last year or two. uh, During those last couple of years, we've seen pretty phenomenal bubbles And initially it was in high-tech stocks and then real estate, uh, commodities, as all the fast money from the top of the bubble has been searching out ever and ever greater returns. And one of the indicators I think that says we're right at the end is that all this fast money is having trouble finding any returns or any safety. The risk aspect has gone up phenomenally. And hence we have uh, uncertainty in the financial world and there's a lot of people turning to gold for the safe haven status. And I believe that gold has a safe haven status where it comes out and you know, plays the canary in the gold mine, it starts whistling Dixie that, you know indications are that the economy's not sound, it's not being financially well run. Uh, too much greed, lack of an integrity, and uh, it's all starting to fall apart. And that's roughly where we are now. Uh,
0: what was interesting to me about what you just said is that we're only one or two years away from the very end.
1: Yep. Uh, I first bought physical back in 99 after spending a few years on some of the best long wave forums on the Internet back in the early days there. And way back then, the people who've had a good now, a good understanding of what was coming about, Uh, had the timing for the end of the winter at roughly 2.13, 2.14, 2.15. And uh, here we are at 2.11, and it's unfolding pretty well as planned. it's taken, you know, a decade and more, To unfold and a lot of people are impatient gold should be higher quicker problems should be solved sooner but uh, the can's been kicked down the road and the gold price is up and we're only a few years I think I believe most of the contagion will be dealt with probably by 2013, 2014 and uh, we should have a bottom in stocks and a bottom in real estate and other fiat assets and it'll be time to turn around, sell the gold and diversify again
0: what what are your i mean why don't you tell me some of your long-term targets for gold when will you know when to get out when will you know that that that, that the end is in place
1: one of one of the things i've noticed the whole way through is I, I i spend basically 18 hours a day on a computer i don't work and so i spend a lot of time reading articles and watching what other people and all the way along i've had my view on What a fair target, like back in 2000, I had a fair target value of two or three thousand for gold. But I watched and read what the industry experts, the smart people, the gold bugs were saying, and you get a sense of feel of like a, a graph of the highest to the lowest in expectations. And as we've gone along from 2000 to 2005 to 2008, you can get a sense that that target is changing. Uh, just of late, in the last six months, suddenly we've got four or five of the main gold gurus are now forecasting gold into five digits, in other words, 10,000 above. If we go back to 2008, the target then would have been three to 5,000 being a high, whereas now it's raising again. Personally, I don't have a target figure, but rather I use my charts as indicators, to point out where we are in in the trip. Uh, I have a perspective that the gold bull where we started in '99 at about $250 is like a train trip where we're leaving Station A back then in '99, and we're heading for the epic height in gold, which will be Station B. And on the way, we look out the windows of the train and we perceive the news and events that mark the price of gold. So rather than having a fixed point, a fixed price, I have a target area where indicators and charts will start to show that we are reaching the end of the gold bull market. Uh in as much as I picked the the bottom by using the Dow Gold ratio, which is a, a ratio of Fiat to physical. It also is a ratio of, how would you put it, financial risk, where you have the best going to the worst. So, 1999 picked the top of the Dow gold ratio at above 40, and we're heading out to a ratio where the Dow gold ratio probably dropped to about one to one uh In the next two or three years, so it's like a trip we 're traveling along, and rather than having a fixed price there's more the events that you will notice when we reach that later stage you'll start to see stocks stopping going down uh real estate stopping falling uh just other other attitudes and changes in in the financial markets
0: i i have various long-term targets some of which will happen some of which won't happen uh, one of them is that uh, doubt to gold ratio I actually because so many people have one-to-one as a target I've got two-to-one as a target so I can get out a little bit ahead of everyone else um, another target that I look at is when the US um, uh, stated gold reserves in Fort Knox and elsewhere will be enough to pay off US debt uh, and that gives us a target, d- depending on how you measure US debt, of somewhere between 10 and $20,000 an ounce. Um, I have another long-term target is when the average UK house costs about 50 ounces of gold. It currently costs about 150 ounces of gold. Um, another target I have is when fiscal sanity has clearly returned to government and uh, at the moment we're a long way off of that i mean are these kind of long term targets are, th- are these things that you're looking at as well
1: that'd be exactly what i've been looking for and I'd, uh, i have many chances to quantify and measure them like the house gold ratios and they'll be the indicators that will de- uh, you know dictate whether we're close to the top in the price
0: uh do you yeah. i mean what about the u s debt to the the, the gold to u s debt ratio i mean that that's that's the one that says gold's going to the properly to the moon um, is that something well, you look at
1: uh, I think that's a hard one to follow because we't we don 't we don't know what they 're going to do with their currency there's lots of talk about the flight and Uh, inflation and hyperinflation, if they just inflate it at a slow gradual rate for 10 or 15 years or they start to push the button and really inflate it. and It's the great unknown. It's like what happens, what will interest rates if they start rising have an effect on the US government? They they could be just broke. Uh, One of of the things I look at at, for the end of the long wave, wave is that maybe 30-50% of all the debts that's been built up have to be sloughed off and cleared off so all across the globe we've got phenomenal debts which have ratcheted up since 1970s since we've come off the gold standard and people of governments have just printed and printed and now we're at the situation that the world's carrying trillions of dollars of debt uh, it can't raise new funds uh, and there's this real problem of we've got to clear that old before we can start the new. Uh, There's got to be a breakdown either in forgiveness, a jubilee, a repricing. Uh, Recently, I heard uh, at the LBMA conference in Montreal that one of the speakers proposed that gold be re-rated to 20,000. And he made a simple comment. uh, Don't worry about the debt side. That still has to be taken care of, but think of their asset side. And I, I, I stood back for a moment and was quite amazed at that, but when I thought it through, through I, I've got this concept that the last 40 years since we've come off the gold standard, that we've pulled future demand forward. Since we we can uh, put a mortgage on a house and extend it, make a $500,000 house for 30 years to pay, in many ways, we're using derivatives, banks and businesses have sold products forward that the people normally wouldn't have bought without, without these contracts and derivatives. So we've pulled an awful lot of demand from the future, maybe 30 or 40 years with a demand from the future forwards.
0: Uh, and, and, and can I just quickly add to that, Nick, uh, on a government level, uh, you know, we have burdened our children <laughs> with our own debt.
1: In the phenomenal amounts. Phenomenal amounts, yep. So what's, what's needed is a re-rating, a re-rating of this this debt we've got. Do we do it by Jubilee? Uh, do, do we do it like this guy at the LBMA conference where he says put gold at 20,000? And I've thought about that. And currently the world's money stock is about 60 trillion and gold is sitting at, uh, say, 170,000 tonnes at $1,650, that's about $10 trillion, just a bit under. So the current money stock is a sixth of the fiat stock. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking, if, if gold, if we've pulled so much demand forward, that we've got so much debt and financial crisis, that... By the time they've sorted, the governments have sorted out this debt, gold's going to be about 10,000, which equates that will be coming back on a rough standing with the money stock. Now, if they were to capitalize gold at uh, $20,000 an ounce, and I'm not talking about a fixed standard, but just a re-rating of the price value, you would suddenly have a, a gold stock of about 100 trillion. Versus a money stock of fifty trillion, so we're 60 trillion. So we've recapitalized the world. A lot of the, a lot of the uh, major countries around the world would have uh, reserves that they could back their debt against. It would it'd be a notional concept because money is only notional. Uh, the price of gold is only purely notional. It's a, it's a concept that man passes through time. So if we were to reach forward and pull a $20,000 gold price and apply it to today's world, suddenly you're recapitalizing all the banks, all the businesses, everyone who has it. You'd have a lot of individuals that have got 100 ounces or 1,000 ounces that suddenly find themselves rich and they would become investors. They would want to invest in businesses and grow their new stocks. So it would be a way of recapitalising not just governments and their reserves, but also banks and their businesses, as well as the private person on the street. A lot of countries like India, there's 15,000, 18,000 tonnes. It would lift that country phenomenally. And it would probably restart this long wave and finance it for 30 or 40 years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I have to say, as someone who owns a lot of gold, I love your idea. Uh, but if 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 gold was suddenly at those, I mean, these are the kind of numbers that a number of us are waiting for. And if we get to those kind of numbers, we'll roll out of gold and we'll start investing in in whatever we want to invest in, whether it's our own, you know, our own uh house for ourselves or investing in businesses. Well, you know, also, you're absolutely right. It it I I love your idea. <laughs>
1: What's the alternative? That the governments have a jubilee, wipe out all the debt, that there's no growth, that everyone walks around, you know, like the sugar bag years of the Great Depression, but not a zack in their pocket. Uh,
0: and also governments will do go, well sorry Nick to interrupt you but the, I'm just thinking of the, the thing of the capital gains tax The governments uh, will be able to generate yeah, from that
1: it, it would reliquify the world but the interesting thing is if you put gold up at 10,000 you're only covering the past debts we're not actually building it up so we've got future growth whereas if we went to 20 you'd, you'd literally have 20 to 30 years of future growth planned politicians would Continue to spend. Obviously, the world has to deal with its debt. This is the big wake-up call. Uh, But you know, I think a lot of people look at the world at the moment and say that if it's not fixed, we're going to have a very tough five or ten years of recession, depression. No one's going to have money. And if that's the case, then the consumers aren't going to consume. We're not going to have growth. You know, the whole world is going to be sort of stuck in a bog for. 10 years of just waddling along until the next long wave starts was if gold goes up high enough we could kick start the world and get it going again
0: um just the uh, idea yeah it's an absolutely radical idea but let's just say you were george osborne the english chancellor and let's just say you happen to like gold and you happen to know someone who's been telling you for a long time to uh print the money and buy back all the gold that gordon brown sold um but let's just say you were him, and you understood gold to a certain extent. And let's just say he valued gold at fifteen thousand pounds an ounce. You know, would other countries? I mean, because you need you talked to you, you need a kind of you, you're never there's no way you're going to get all the. Uh, chancellors of the world to agree this. You're not going to get a global agreement on this. Does, to, so does one country need to to lead and the others to follow? Does George Osborne need to fix gold at fifteen thousand pounds an ounce and then suddenly everyone's selling their gold, uh, d- you know, to the UK Chancellor? Or, or you know, how do, how do we how do how does one implement this system? Well, if, if
1: you first start start to look at the debt, you, you Europe's debt five, six, seven trillion. America's the same. Japan's GDP 250 percent. China has got the same problem. So all the major driving companies or countries around the world have got this massive debt to deal with before they can move on. You'd only have to look at the third world countries. They're not even getting handouts from the first world anymore. So basically, every country would love a Kickstart. Now, I don't think you could do it in one country. Uh, As you say, you know, does the government stand to buy it at that price? And it could create problems. Likewise, I don't think you want a gold standard. You can't rigidly apply. I don't believe gold is money. I believe gold is a store of wealth. Money is the fiat that we exchange every day. If you go to India, when people buy and sell, even though they love and hoard gold, they don't buy and sell in gold. They buy and sell in rupees. Money, money is feared. Money, it's here to stay. But gold is the store of wealth, and it's the capital that backs the wealth. Uh, If you if you got enough countries that agreed to move along this, I think it's it should be done like a, a monetary standard where it's implemented globally at the same time, and the poor countries benefit just as much as the rich countries. It's you know, China might say, well, we don't quite have enough gold, but uh, I don't think they're missing out in assets at the moment. You know, and there's a few countries out there. Poor old Greece, you know, it's, it's doing it tough. It does have structural and cultural problems, but it, something like that would revitalize it. Look at, look at the gold that Italy's got. You'd almost see a renaissance in capital spending and growth. You know, something like we saw in the 70s where you know, capital's there, people want to work, people want to build and consume. You know, the whole world loves consuming. But, you know, if we haven't got 10 bucks in our pocket, it's not going to happen. And we've got to get rid of this debt issue before that comes. So, you know, they can do it the hard way over 10 years or maybe there is an instant fix where we just pull a notional future price of gold and bring it back to this. T- if we look at gold you know, perspectively over the big picture, like centuries, we know that in 100 years' time, gold is going to keep up basically with the CPI inflation and go. So all we're really doing is moving a, f- a point in the future that we know gold will price itself at and just pulling it back to today. And that's almost realigning gold with all the derivatives that we pulled and all the future growth we pulled from the future to capitalize the world in the in the you know in the noughties in the two thousands, we'd, we'd just be pulling it back today and rebalancing gold price to all the derivatives that we sucked forward.
0: Well um Nick if anyone's listening who's new to this i'm new to this idea and i've heard it first from you and uh so you know if anyone it's in the future is listening to this you know you heard it here first this is nick led's idea and if Global governments agree and adopt this idea. I hope you get a, a royalty or a patent or at least you know you you it sounds like you're you're the isaac newton of of, of today and that you you can you can fix a monetary standard for a hundred or two hundred years as he did
1: yeah uh, I think it's something that has to be looked at and specifically the it's such a simple solution to all this yeah the economists of today have to look at it because one thing we 've seen in Europe is. No-one likes the pain, and no-one knows how they're going to pay it off. You know, there there literally is no answers. You've got the brightest economists in the world, and the best they can say is default in 10 years of hell. You know, do do we want to put the world through this? And suddenly you're getting this resurgence of war because people have this concept that war will re reignite the economy and get people working and building things it's such a lost cause to go to war when there's you no know, the stroke of a pen could just change the world
0: well it's a wonderful idea now nick let me just very quickly change the subject because we're, we're running out of time here and i i've, I've loved talking to you but we, you know we, we began this interview by talking about charts and I'm, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit but why don't you um, as a kind of little Brucey bonus to our listeners, why don't you send me after we've stopped talking two or three or four of your favourite current charts, and I'll I'll upload them to the to the site as a PDF, and uh, listeners yep. can uh, have a look at two or three of those charts. If any spring to mind now, we can talk about them very quickly, and well, um, uh, and that's a good kind of little introduction to your work and and uh, and and, uh, and your website. Yep, uh,
1: paramount of all is the Dow-gold ratio. Uh, I've I've managed to find historical data that stitches onto earlier than the Dow, which started in uh, 1896, and I've got that ratio back to 1800. And it gives a beautiful flow of the economy as it runs in and runs out. Uh, As an interesting aside there, if you place the gold-house ratios over the Dow-gold ratio, you get the same plot. And even more interesting, if you place Tobin's Q, I don't know whether you're aware of Tobin's Q, but Tobin's Q is a method of evaluating the value of the share market. Do you you buy a new business and float it and put it on the share market, or do you buy an established business through stocks and purchase it? And it's an evaluation metric of the share market two stocks. If you overlay Tobin's Q over the Dow gold ratio, you get a perfect fit. So you can actually see the economy as it rises and as it falls. So that's my paramount chart. That was what triggered me to buy gold. It triggered the timing of buying gold. And I believe it will be the trigger for getting out of gold.
0: Do you think we're going to go below one to one on the Dow to gold ratio?
1: Uh, every possibility. It depends, you know. We just don't know what they're going to do with the money, but there's every possibility of that. Uh, again, I don't have a target, but rough uh, you know, we we'll be watching the charts.
0: Okay. So that uh, they speak. Any, any other charts you want to talk about, or should we? Should we uh, leave well, that as a little some surprise? Some of my
1: favourite uh, ratio charts we use, like a gold versus. I'd probably have two or three hundred charts on my website where I measure. Uh, the other value versus gold, whether it's houses, whether it's uh, gold stocks, whether it's uh, a gold silver, gold versus silver, or gold versus palladium. Um, um, I love ratios because ratios allow you to use gold as the yardstick for measuring value.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a more reliable unit of account. <laughs> yep. Um, and what about uh, gold versus stocks? Well, what do you think of the, the underperformance um, of gold stocks?
1: I've always been against gold stocks the whole way through this bill because uh, my interpretation of the end of the K-wave, the winter, etc., is when f- fiat values get trounced versus physical values. Uh, you know, back in the early part of the bull, two thousand and three to two thousand and five, gold stocks outvalued all the way through. Since then, we've had lots of ETFs, lots of other things pulling demands off, and gold stocks just haven't performed. Now, coming up, I'm ex- I'm expecting a rather large bear market to come. We glo- globally equity stocks get. Trounced and uh, the markets fall 30, 50 percent from where they currently are, and if this is to unfold, then gold stocks are going to have a hard time at a sell-off. I think, personally, I think gold is what you hold physically into the end of the long wave, and once the long, the end of the long waves come about, uh, you then go to the inflationary side. Uh, you go to your gold stocks, and you also go to the white PMs, being silver, palladium, platinum. That as as we get the destructive side of the debt destruction and share markets fall, real estate falls, all the values fall, you hold gold for the stability and the strength. And then once we reach that bottom, you, you then turn around and sell your gold and you buy your gold stocks. They're going to have brilliant growth for the next three to five years. So, you know, it won't surprise me. Silver's going to have a phenomenal future the next decade. Same with the PGMs. Uh, more and more, the world's moving into this technological age where, we, you know, nanoparticles and the uses we're finding for these precious metals and the special properties they have—they just, they're going to—they're they're an endowment gift for your children. You know, you, you buy 100 ounces of silver and put it away for two or three decades. The same with palladium—you're you, going to set your children up for life oh very
0: good well i want you to make sure nick you email me when we're at the end of the uh at the end of the winter i want you to email me, <laughs> me on new year's eve <laughs> yeah,
1: all right great.
0: well nick it's been a it's been a real pleasure talking to you and and uh, i'm i'm really uh, uh thrilled that i've been able to coax you out of your bunker and and uh, by way of a kind of return why don't you give out your your website and and, and plug your website a little bit yep my
1: website's dot called sharelinks.com, S-H-A-R-E-L-Y-N-X.com. Uh, I've been building it for a dozen years. It's it's not a commercial website. It's an eclectic website. Uh, I treat it as a passionate hobby rather than an income maker. I don't employ anyone else. Uh poddle along by myself. I've got well over 50,000 charts and about 2,000, 3,000 pages that hold them all and uh, it's it's a chartist heaven, and uh, not for the average person, but for those who love gold and the intricacies. There's uh, charts you'll find there that you won't find anywhere else on the web.
0: All right, well, great stuff, Nick Laird. Thank you very much indeed.
1: Thank you, Dominic. It's been a pleasure, and thanks for getting me out of my cave. <laughs> All the best.
0: Subscribe to the Gold Money newsletter at www.goldmoney.com to receive email updates on new articles, videos, and iTunes podcasts from our Gold Research section.